0: Good afternoon everyone. Mike Banner here, March 1st, the first episode of 62 who knew? first Monday of 60, of uh, March of 2021. We welcome you for being here. Uh, we want to thank everybody that, wa- uh, that watched last week. We had a wonderful show. We had a record amount of breaking of, of audi- a record amount. A record breaking amount. Of television audience, just a little over 80,000 viewers, and we thank you so much for that. Uh, very excited about today's show because it's my favorite topic, uh, my two favorite topics, uh, but before we get to that, and I want to get to that quickly, I want to do just the same thing that I always do at the beginning of every show, just a quick synopsis of what 62 Who Knew" is all about for our new viewers. Uh, trying to get to that 100,000 mark, I think this might be the show um, I think this might be the show where we do it, quite frankly. What is 62? who knew? What is the premise? The premise of this show is, who knew at 62 that we still had almost half the time that we've been here on this planet, another 30 years ahead of us? My father, his father, and probably his father before him. Have they approached as they approached the age of 62? They had questions, pretty much the same questions that I had. I turned 62 approximately seven months ago. And we all have the same questions, except for the top 1% of the wealthy of the world. The other 99% of us, we all have the same questions. Should I retire? Do I need to keep working? Should I take my Social Security now, or should I defer it for a later date? Do I need long-term care insurance? Am I too old to get it? Do I need life insurance? Should I keep my present life insurance? Can I increase it at this age? It's not time to think about Medicare supplements, right? That's at 65. Invest in the stock market? Eh, little chancy, I'm getting older. Annuities? What? Bonds? We all have the same questions, except for my generation, the generation of which 10,000 people a day are turning 62 years old in the United States of America. Not the world, the day, just this country, 10,000 people a day, okay? We have one more hurdle, one more bump in the road that our fathers and their fathers didn't have. That's what I brought up at the very beginning, longer lifespans. According to the American Medical Association, if you live to be 62 in this country today, you have better than a 50-50 chance of making it to 90, all right? And if most of you, or some of you that have been diligent watchers since the beginning, you've seen some of our other guests, including the Weitzman Institute from Israel, who have said with medical breakthroughs, scientific technologies of the next decade, not the next 30 or 40 years, the next decade, that statistic of living to be 90 could very well be in the 100s. How do you plan for living the next 30 or 40 years? And that's the premise of 62 Who Knew. Every week we endeavor to bring on experts in all the topics I mentioned earlier. Social security, deferments of social security, long term care insurance, life insurance, Medicare, Medicare supplemental policies, reverse mortgages, health, psychological and mental Uh, of guidelines of what happens when you stop going to work, when you have something to do every day and suddenly you're sitting home. Not everybody enjoys fishing or golfing or playing tennis, or if you're in Florida, pickleball, seven days a week. You think you're going to, but it wears off. And that's what this show does. And the premise has been uh, very well uh, accepted. We want to thank you. Uh, This is our 95th show. And, uh, For us to be drawing 80,000 viewers per week and growing, we thank you very, very much. So let's bring on our two guests. And there they are. As most of you know that have viewed the show or that have seen us on LinkedIn or Facebook or on any one of the platforms of our new podcast, which is simulcast at the same time that we're doing the show, 62 Who Knew made a commitment In the second week of January of this year, to spearhead an initiative, a national initiative to bring long-term care insurance to the masses. Long-term care insurance is a staggering, staggering product that everyone needs. But has always been aimed towards or most interested in by the wealthy, the upper middle class. But what about the masses? They deserve that protection too. And what they don't know is there are incredible long term care insurance options for them. But it's not targeted to them. 62 who knew, wants to target it to them. And in that effort, we brought back two of our experts from that panel in the second week in January. On our right or your left, I don't know which way you're facing at your TV. Um, but the man on that on the other side of me, Mr. Bill Comfort, known nationally as a long-term care insurance expert, public speaker, uh, also top instructor, instructor of the CLTC designation. That is the certified long-term care designation. It is the top designation. In the country for long term care insurance people. Uh, Mr. Comfort Bill has taught literally thousands of people and certified them. Um, if you're a financial planner, you want to be a certified financial planner. If you're an accountant, you want to be a CFP, a certified public accountant. And if you sell long term care insurance, you want that CLTC designation. And a man that has been on our show several times, um, again, well known throughout the country. Uh, for his expertise uh, on many uh, media public outlets uh, just throughout the country as a reverse mortgage expert. Now, let's talk about that for a second, because Stephen has filled a niche, quite frankly, that needed to be filled in the reverse mortgage world. People think of reverse mortgage, and we're going to talk about this today, and they have that knee-jerk reaction. The poor person, the lower-income person that needs help. And make no mistake about it, Stephen helps those people. But Stephen has focused, he has zeroed in and drilled down on how to use a reverse mortgage, how to use your home equity, your housing wealth as an overall part of a more comprehensive retirement plan. He speaks on it throughout the country, his videos are very well known. And it's just incredible to have these two experts who are at the top of their field, uh, part of the 62 Who Knew initiative to bring long-term care insurance to the masses. Thank you guys for being here, as always. Great to be here, Pleasure Michael. to be back. All right. So we made some promises in January, and it's uh, only mm-hmm. seven weeks later. But I want to discuss just briefly, and then we're going to go into real product, what we do, how we're doing it. Um, we've made a lot of headway in the last seven weeks. I uh, you know, Bill, you've gotten permission um, from the CLTC school, uh, for the three of us in different ways and together and separately, uh, to do a webinar series to talk to thousands—I hope tens of thousands, but at least thousands—of CLTC designated people on how to bring long-term care insurance uh, to the masses. And and I know you're gonna you're gonna say no. That's well. I don't know what you're gonna say, but when your name goes on a mass email to long term care insurance people that you're involved with the project, we know we're gonna have an incredible amount of of participants and I, I I just I know Steve feels the same way. I can't wait to do this with you. And we should be doing it in the second quarter of this year. Is that is that correct?
1: We're moving that way. We're we're yeah
0: all right and um steven i know you've discussed uh certain things and you're doing certain things uh with bill as well Would you want to let us know a little bit about that
2: absolutely and just to let you guys know i am not hearing bill so i don't know if we have some technical difficulties or not but great to be back with you on the 62 who knew show michael yes bill and i are really excited to partner up uh later on this year i received my CLTC designation through Bill's training and tutelage uh, late in 2019. And we've been working on ways to partner ever since. And this year, Bill and I will be working together to rewrite some of the curriculum for CLTC to make sure that the proper information about reverse mortgages has been built into the curriculum uh, and also for us to appear on the webinars and trainings uh, for anybody that's looking to get the CLTC designation to have a deeper understanding and skill set when it comes to all things reverse mortgages.
0: That's to actually have someone of your stature um, assisting Bill in updating the actual guidelines of what's taught in the CLTC classes is staggering to me. And to my knowledge, I should have mentioned this when I introduced you, I think you are the only reverse mortgage professional in the country that took Bill's class so you could learn all there was to learn about long-term care insurance. And I, I think that's – you don't even have an insurance license, do you? I don't, no. Yeah, you I, just I, went I to wanted learn. the
2: CLTC really just for, for, for my own benefit and for my group's benefit so that I know – more about long-term care insurance uh, and, and I can really hone in on what the costs are, how these products are structured so that we can work with our clients to help them fund the long-term care insurance products or self-fund care whatever mm-hmm. whatever you know is going to be most suitable for the client.
0: Bill, I, I don't want to take too much time going backwards, but you told a very interesting story. Both of you did. Um, about when you brought up reverse mortgages in the class and Stephen happened to be there, that many of the students in your class did, in fact, have some sort of surprise or reaction. Reverse mortgages, you sure, but with Stephen there and you uh, to set them a little straight, that you actually had some very positive reaction to having Steve in one of your classes.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, Stephen was in the class that that I taught uh, a year and a half ago or so. We have had a few other reverse mortgage professionals take the course uh, in other formats and with with other instructors. And I know Stephen kind of has a vision for his industry to take this training because it's not just long-term care insurance. The way things ought to be integrated, long-term care planning, yeah, there's insurance, but what about the VA and Medicaid and Medicare and reverse mortgages? And so I knew that Stephen was going to be in the class and we had met and talked before we got to it, but then reverse mortgages come up in the curriculum. And I'd asked Stephen, he was gracious enough to take, to agree to take a few minutes to kind of teach all of us from his perspective. And it turned into probably a half an hour. Discussion from a lot of different angles. And, you know, there were a couple of folks who'd heard about it, but just admitted they didn't know much. Uh, A couple of financial advisors who were very cold, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, if that's being fair, Stephen, to the subject coming into the class.
0: Very polite.
1: And everybody laughed with this new appreciation for this financial tool. Uh, and I think Stephen, you've even continued uh, a number of relationships professionally from that course as well, which shows the power of the connection. Absolutely,
0: yeah.
1: yeah
2: that that course was invaluable for me to just uh, absorb the knowledge, but then also to to have an open platform to engage with advisors and insurance agents who, you know, view reverse mortgage as it used to be fifteen, twenty years ago, and that's a loan of last resort right. and. What we, what we teach advisors and what we teach our clients is, you know, that's old, that's the old way of doing reverse mortgages, mm-hmm. the the new era of reverse mortgages, really since 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. where the American College uh, has gotten behind it with, with their retirement researchers, you know, Wade Fowle, Jamie Hopkins, uh, they've studied reverse mortgages in depth. And, and what they have discovered is that reversed mortgages are are most beneficial when used proactively and not reactively right. in someone's retirement plan, using housing wealth first, not last. And advisors have really caught on to that. I, I think it's why our business is up so much. I mean, look, our, our volume over the past 24 months is up over 500 percent. Yes. And that's that has a lot to do with long-term care insurance agents, with financial advisors, with with those who never really looked at reverse mortgages in the light that they have discovered them to be currently today. Uh, and, and we're just getting started. And, and Bill oh, and Michael, yeah. I am so thrilled to continue this mission with the two of you to really bring together two industries who uh, you know, in my in my eyes have have should have been together uh, a long yeah. time ago, but to now spearhead this initiative for the betterment of advisors and insurance agents. But most importantly, for the betterment of the clients across the country that we help uh, that are going to be able to better position their comprehensive retirement plan, because they're going to have the knowledge and the information about these products and then determine and be empowered to determine to be empowered to use them where they see fit.
0: Exactly, and we were discussing this. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bill.
1: Oh, well, I was just going to say, Michael, uh, uh, Stephen used a word or a phrase that I think we we probably need to keep coming back to in this discussion, and and that is the shift in the view of a reverse mortgage as a financial resource, a financial yes. product, a financial tool in the broad scope of of financial and retirement planning, and that it's best used proactively, you know, not that. That uh, loan of last resort or money of last resort. And, of course, with any insurance, especially long-term care insurance, you must be proactive because you have to be healthy enough to medically qualify for the coverage. You cannot wait, as I like to say. You can't wait till you hit the tree (laughs) to add collision to your auto insurance. You can't wait until you're diagnosed with a, you know, disabling debilitating condition to buy long-term care insurance so this idea of being proactive planners i just that that fits together perfectly whether it's ideal for everyone or not doesn't matter
0: Mm -hmm. but this
1: idea of proactive planning to put you and your family in a better place in the future there's the power of the connection
0: absolutely absolutely And, uh, you know, you mentioned a couple of absolute great names, you know, Wade Powell, uh, Jamie Hopkins. These these are brilliant, brilliant people. Um, And for the last several, well, 2014, for the last almost seven years, you know, they're putting out their white papers. They're putting out their articles. And we need that. We need them to continue doing that. Um, I think I'm going to try and put this the right way because I don't remember the way I put it several hours ago when we were talking. And you said, Michael, you should say that on the show. We need those learned people. Um, we it, it gives us credibility. But now it's time for people that actually do it for a living. Don't talk about it. I don't mean that disrespectfully at all to those brilliant people. Um, but we do this for a living. Uh, Bill does doesn't teach about long-term care insurance. He sells it, has for decades, and helped tremendous amount of families. I've heard you know, some of your stories when you speak in other, in other uh, places about how you've helped families. You, Mark Goldberg, Peter Gelbwax, Stephen, we've known each other now going on two and a half years. You know, the stories that you have shared about using a reverse mortgage. Um, I hope we can be not the three that talk about it, but the three that actually do it. That we're out there pounding the pavement and actually doing it. That would be an incredible thing.
2: I think we're on our way. We you are. Know? I, yeah. I think we're we're just getting started on this on this initiative. I mm-hmm. think uh, th- there, there's been a lot of good work, quality work done by by Bill for years, training these professionals who are now on the front lines to provide their clients with this education that they wouldn't have had had it not be for the three of us and others having these oh, yeah. conversations to to really align forces. And again, it, it's for the better good of the client. Uh, there's not a lot of places that clients can go to look for information. And I think that's a credit to you and the show and this platform, Michael. 62 Who Knew is that platform. Otherwise, where do they go, right? They go to Google, and then who knows where they wind up from there. Yeah. Um, your viewership and the fact that you have over 80,000 viewers watching this show because it is the financial resource, it is where they go to learn uh, and, and as your audience grows, so, too, will our, will our ability to get this message out to the rest of America, um, as at the same time we're working on a business-to-business standpoint, continuing to educate advisors, continuing to educate insurance agents, rewriting curriculum for the CLTC textbook, partnering in these unique ways that are going to allow us to help the
0: masses. Absolutely, and, and we all decided today, when because we, you know, we always speak, um, that we want to get down to a little more brass tacks and drill down. Do some things that we did on that first show which, uh, of the year, which was amazing. But before we do that, I do you told me about experience that you had in the past, um, Stephen, where you were giving a webinar uh, to some certified financial planners. And, and, and I'd like you to repeat that story, because I know we have consumers listening. But I know in the 80,000 viewership, we have long-term care insurance people listening, certified financial planners, uh, IFAs, independent financial advisors. And I want you to listen to this story because we have to overcome this as well. But please go ahead.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that, Michael. So I was giving a webinar, as I often do, to a large group of financial advisors and insurance agents. Uh, and and all about reverse mortgages, just A to Z. But particularly, this was a high-level conversation to advisors who really understand these strategies. They understand leverage. They get the concept of using housing wealth in retirement. In large part, it's just getting them over the stigma of reverse mortgages. Through this webinar, probably about halfway through, I brought up long-term care and the fact that you absolutely can use a reverse mortgage proceeds from home equity with a reverse mortgage to fund specifically a long-term care insurance policy. And you kind of heard, and this was, this was a webinar, right? So <laughs> you don't get the benefit of, of seeing the, the eyeballs in the room and, and you don't get the benefit of reading reactions, but you could just hear a gasp. Like, I can't, I can't believe he said that. And, and the CEO of this large financial organization came on and said, well, Steve, let's let's take a step back for a moment. Uh, I, I don't know if we can quite go there yet. Yes, you can use a reverse mortgage to pay off and replace a traditional mortgage loan, thereby paying off that mortgage, freeing up that cash flow, because there's no mandatory mortgage payment with a reverse mortgage. So the additional cash flow, yes, that can be used to fund a long-term care insurance policy. And I said, respectfully, I believe, and it's not just my opinion, but other opinions in the reverse mortgage industry and in the financial planning community have come together and we all collectively agree that yes, you can compliantly, without question, use proceeds from a reverse mortgage to fund a long-term care insurance policy. Now, of course there's parameters in place Mm -hmm. that you can't cross sell, right? So the insurance agent can't be the person Originating the reverse mortgage That's and right. getting a commission for the insurance and bill bill can speak more with, with more authority on the regulatory and the compliance aspect of this, but bottom line is you can one hundred percent use a reverse mortgage to fund a long-term care insurance policy yet this CEO of this very large financial planning firm with hundreds and hundreds of advisors across the country didn't understand that mm-hmm. and it wasn't until after the webinar where we spoke offline, uh, and and g- I got him then to agree that oh you're you know what you're right if you set up these parameters and if you do it this way that way and that way yes then sure you can use a reverse mortgage to fund a long-term care insurance policy but they weren't using these strategies mm-hmm. costing their clients un- an untold amount of money because of all the other advanced planning strategies that a reverse mortgage un- unlocks and it you know it, it was kind of shocking it it, it was but it wasn't yeah. I, I was a little taken back by it it is what we have to deal with every yeah. day it, it these are the misconceptions that we need to overcome and as we move the ball in educating the financial planning community hopefully these misconceptions uh go away but they, they still exist and it's costing yeah. clients a lot of money
0: and it's costing i think literally millions of seniors that don't think they can have long-term care insurance are not even bringing up the topic of long-term care insurance because they think it's out of their reach. And, and that's what right. hurts me the most. Bill, take it from there, please.
1: Well, yeah, and just, yeah, that's a great point because often one of the biggest objections, not just to not buying the insurance, but to, 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 to having, prospective clients not even engage in the subject uh, or a discussion around long-term care insurance is they think they've heard they've read it's just too expensive or it's so expensive or we can't afford it or maybe they've even looked at it they've priced it they've looked at premiums and they start thinking about how how could we even do that from our cash flow or it would take too much from our cash flow or too much out of our assets Mm -hmm. And uh, right or wrong doesn't matter because that's their decision and view. And then you all of a sudden see that the home equity is another asset. Now, I'm not saying that this is the answer to everything, but it's a piece of financial resources that can be leveraged. Even part of the reverse mortgage proceeds, right. whether it's a you know lump sum or a payment over a term, or the, the example that Stephen mentioned, a lot of financial advisors already are thinking about, pay off the, the first mortgage and put that cash flow back yeah. in your pocket. However you pay the insurance premium, the reverse mortgage can make money available to help do that. Mm-hmm. And what if you can create many more multiples of dollars for care than the premium that goes in to the insurance policy. You know, I mean, it just it, a very simple lump sum example: a hundred thousand dollar premium could produce four or five hundred thousand dollars of long-term care coverage. Mm-hmm. And what does that protect? That protects a whole lot more than just the home, the home equity. Uh, And and not only the finances, but protects the people, Mm -hmm. protects the spouse and the kids from the burdens of having to be 24-7 caregivers, at least. So this this idea of availability, that there's money that could help pay needed, necessary, valuable premiums for long-term care insurance, is the... Uh, idea and concept in view that we have to start looking at uh, much more broadly, uh, particularly in financial services and especially in long-term care planning uh, as well. We can, I, and Michael, I'm completely with you. We can help so many more folks. I, I don't know exactly what the number is, but if, you know, 20, 30% of people who looked at long-term care insurance and didn't buy it because they decided it wasn't affordable, what if we could show them a way that made it affordable?
0: Yeah, the, 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 the direct question, which is what I would like to train, I don't know, a few million insurance people to say, is I understand that. But if we eliminated your mortgage payment, could we continue this conversation? That in itself, and I don't know the number either, but I do know numbers of how many people that are 62 years old and above in this country and how many not billions trillions of dollars of equity they have. If, in fact, we just concentrated on the people that we could eliminate their first mortgage payment. And then say to them, "Which your average mortgage payment in this country is $1,200 a month? And they're not going to spend anywhere near $1,200 a month on a good long term care insurance policy. They could have that protection. And still have extra cash left over. I know, Stephen, you got so many examples. They'll have even more extra cash, disposable income, and to have that coverage um, again specifically. I don't like using COVID nineteen as a scare tactic. I think it's tacky. I think it's wrong. But COVID nineteen to me just multiplied, you know, my quite frankly, experience with my dad 15 years ago. Uh, dad did not have long-term care insurance, but he had great insurance. Well, he was in his 80s, so he had Medicare. He had a fantastic Medicare supplemental policy, okay, um, through MetLife. We'll give them a shout-out for Snoopy, okay? Um, and he was a, a fairly highly decorated uh, World War II POW. So he had some stuff coming from the VA. Even with that, and he lived with me and my two children, to take care of dad the last 12 months of his life. We spent what most would consider a lot of money for the help that we needed. Because I didn't want my father in a home, no matter how great it was. I wanted him having Chinese food with me and my kids and watching I think at that time it was NYPD Blue. Remember that program and all the things that we watched together. Um, to think that we could bring that—I know the number is in the millions. I, I just—it's a—it's a mathematical fact. To though, or you know, at least give we, them that option. It, it, it takes my breath it, away. We, we got to do it.
1: it. Yeah, if we accept the premise that um, reverse mortgages are, are are often used, are well used, and have been viewed as being a key resource to help people stay at home and age in place, even with the need for care. Uh, You know, the, the phrase is, use your home to help you stay at home. But that was always in the context of the last dollar. Use your home equity to pay directly for the cost of care. Well, what if we could use your home equity and multiply it by three or four or five times Mm -hmm. that will help you stay in your home even longer. Or if you can't stay in your home, the long-term care insurance will pay for assisted living. Home equity won't pay for assisted living. right. If you've used it up and if you're no longer living in your home, if you were single, for example. Exactly. Right, now you're, and and, and long-term care insurance can cover that as well. I think one of the things that's, it, that's exciting, and Stephen, maybe you've got some ideas on how this could work together. But one of the failings that I see, failing failings too strong a word, but we tend to silo planning concepts. So people want to age in place. But they often have to do significant remodeling of their home or they need to buy a home that's more, you know, universal design, aging in place, uh, friendly. But to really age in place, you need to have long term care insurance to pay for the cost of care. I could see a reverse mortgage helping people do both fund significant care and improve the home to make yes. it possible to stay.
2: Well, we see that every single day, we see that. We see that coming to life through our clients and, and what we're able to help them out with. I think I wanna backtrack for a moment because as both of you were speaking, uh, you know, a story from this afternoon came to mind. So I, I had a call with a client and her advisor this afternoon. Uh, She has a mortgage that she is looking at paying off through the reverse mortgage. There's not a lot of cash available to her after paying off the mortgage. Um, She has a mortgage payment right now. It's currently escrowed. uh, And the actual principal and interest payment isn't that much per month. It's about $650 a month. Her payment's about $1,000 a month with escrow. But she still has to pay the taxes and the insurance, even if she has a reverse mortgage. That's that's the responsibility of the borrower, the reverse mortgage borrower. You have to pay your insurance, you have to pay your property taxes, and you have to maintain the home. And so she said to me, Steve, this all makes sense and this is great, but it's only $650 a month. That's not that much savings. I, I really don't know if this is worth my while. And I said to her, well... How long of a term do you have left on your current mortgage? Twenty-four years mm. on a thirty-year mortgage. Okay, she's about sixty-five years old. So I said to her, "Well, let, I understand six fifty doesn't seem like a lot of money every month, but let's look at how much that is per year, and then let's extrapolate and look at how much that is over twenty years. That's about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars over the course of twenty years. Are you planning to stay in your home for the next twenty years?" yes, I want this home to be my forever home. I don't want to go anywhere. I love my home. Okay. So you're telling me you want to stay there for at least 20 more years. You're going to save $650 a month, $150,000. Okay. And her financial advisor is on the phone, Mr. Advisor, what could you do with $150,000 of freed up cash, right? What, what does that equate to? How much could you turn that $150,000 into over the course of 20 years? He said, Steve, based on our historical data and what this person's portfolio has done over the past 10 years that we've been working with her, that $150,000 is likely going to be doubled.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: There it is. So now there's a pool of $300,000. She's young enough. I think long-term care insurance would still be affordable. Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, but... I think until about 70, maybe 75, for a healthy person, a long-term care insurance policy is relatively affordable. and I know that's a relative term, but her mindset just needed to shift. It's not the $650 a month.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That doesn't sound like a lot of money. I mean, it, it is a lot of money, and to a lot of folks, that could be the difference between eating or not. Yeah. But to her, 650 wasn't that much. 150,000 dollars, 300,000 dollars. Well, that's a lot of money. And the advisor was very excited about this. Who wouldn't want to grow somebody's uh, retirement portfolio by $300,000 just by eliminating the mortgage payment? And so it, 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 the, the concept just needs to be told in a different story, mm-hmm. in a different light. Uh, these are successful reverse mortgage strategies. This is how today's reverse mortgages are being used. It's not the loan of last resort. Um, right. And for her, She's looking at reverse mortgages in a whole new light. Maybe it's going to be purchasing a long-term care insurance policy. She wants to be in the home for the rest of her life. She's going to need to pay for care. How is that care going to be paid for? These are the conversations that we need to be having.
0: Absolutely.
1: And, and, And how can that be... How can that six fifty be allocated? You know, wh- you know, may- if it all goes into investments, the advisor has an idea there. What if part of it goes into insurance and part of it goes into investments? You know, as I think about my industry—insurance sales, financial planning, financial advising—I think that the primary objection to using reverse mortgage to fund long-term care insurance, like the, the story of the group you were speaking to, Stephen, it's a, I, I think it's an ethical uh, pause. Is this ethical? Is it, is it ethical? Is it right? Is it fair for a financial advisor or an agent to suggest or recommend that a client use their home equity to buy an insurance product which they may or may not use and 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 so that leads us to some questions and i think begins to draw to outline some guidelines yes and what's interesting is they're not guidelines that are unique to reverse mortgages paying for long-term care insurance they're the same ethical guidelines we got to follow on every recommendation we make every day mm-hmm. so the thing that keeps coming up in my mind, and even if I hear 67, 68-year-old, they've got $650 a month in free cash flow, I know I can design long-term care insurance that's going to be significantly helpful and not even use all of that yes. necessarily yeah. for them. Or if 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 they happen to like the idea of the lump sum, because there are some single premium long-term care policies that also include life insurance now for a hundred thousand dollars because of the life insurance you get a little less long-term care than if it just went straight into pure long-term care insurance but what if you never needed long-term care and that hundred thousand comes back to the estate as a death benefit now that makes a lot of sense because then that hundred thousand pulled from the home equity in some ways it's either going to pay for care, or it's going to come back to the estate, or, or or whatever. So these are these are ideas. The question is, or what my worry even, and I'm all in on this concept. I don't think, and this is I'm going to overstate this, but it's a starting place. I don't think it ever would be appropriate to use a hundred percent of that lump sum from the reverse mortgage or 100% of the free cash flow for long-term care insurance. Now, there could be an exception, right? There's always an exception to a rule. And I think that's what we need to be careful of. And it's really easy for critics to dismiss things with these zero-sum solutions. Mm -hmm. You know, wow, you use a reverse mortgage for that, it's not appropriate. Well, what if we use part of it and the rest of it it creates a home that they can live in safely, even if there's walkers or a wheelchair or whatever, or to put into funding to create additional liquidity for emergencies, whatever it is. So I think that's one of the first things we get need to begin to talk about, is where are the guardrails ethically mm-hmm. best interest? And what keeps coming up in my mind is no matter how you structure it, replace uh, the, uh, turn the uh, mortgage payment into more cash flow, Mm -hmm. take a defined monthly benefit from the reverse mortgage or the lump sum in whatever form. I think our first guideline is you probably should never use 100% of it to buy long-term care insurance. But my gosh, even a portion, Michael, this is back to what you're saying, even a portion I think would free people up would give them permission to own insurance that they'd like to have mm-hmm. but they just haven't seen their way forward to to afford it
0: exactly and when when well Stephen I want to hear your uh, take on that because you said something that really does resound with me but go ahead Stephen
2: I I, I agree with Bill right I mean we we want to do the right thing by the homeowner and, and if that right thing is using a reverse mortgage in a unique way to help pay for a long-term care insurance policy, great. We, we look at suitability before anything else. I, I'd say we probably turn away 15 to 20% of clients that come to us asking for a reverse mortgage because it's just not the right thing. We we have an ethical and a moral duty to serve our clients. Our reputation is on the line. Our license is on the line with every single conversation and every single transaction that we encounter. Um, but a, as Bill was speaking, you know, I, I'm I'm listening and I, I, I'm I'm realizing that I've, I think the biggest problem in both the reverse mortgage industry and the long term care industry, and just in financial services and, and a lot of industries. Where do people turn to for education? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes it's Google. And you just don't know what you're gonna find on (laughs) Google. You have you have these so-called experts offering their opinion. They don't write long-term care insurance policies, they don't write reverse mortgage loans. They're opinions. They're they're just opinions. And and it's very easy to have these social media muscles and and to have these strong opinions if you're not in it if you're not living and breathing it every day if folks would reach out to bill and understand long-term care or reach out to michael or reach out to me and my team just not not to get a long-term care insurance policy yet not to get a reverse mortgage yet but just to become educated i think people's the, the one of the biggest problems just in america is people are afraid to be sold something They're not going to call Bill because they're afraid he's going to sell them a policy or that he's going to try to sell them a policy. And the same holds true with a reverse mortgage or a traditional mortgage, or it's the reason that most people don't have a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. They're, They're afraid to, one, address their situation, and two, they're afraid to be sold something. And I think people need to almost get out of their own way. Go get educated. Go speak to somebody. Go speak to an expert if you're looking at a long-term care policy, speak to somebody who specializes in long-term care. If you're interested in a reverse mortgage, don't speak to any mortgage loan officer that's going to write one or two reverse mortgages a year. Speak to an expert. Speak to somebody that originates hundreds of reverse mortgages a year, that does this exclusively for a living. But there's a void of information out there Um, and it's not that there's not good quality people putting the information out there. It's people are afraid to actually go get it. And
0: yeah. Yeah, And that, well, that's
2: something that I think this show is helping to overcome.
0: The only thing that I'm going to disagree with you on is there's no void of information out there. There's a void of correct information out there because, oh my God, when you talk about my, my, my daughter always fools around with this, the power of the Google, the Google knows all. Um, yeah. Oh, my God! I mean, I think the last time I checked and it 's been a while, I googled reverse mortgages, and there were twelve million entries, yeah, I mean, where do you start uh, and something that you said, Bill, that really does resound we've we 've never talked about this is when you said maybe not to use a hundred percent. Something that resounded in me is. I've sat in with enough meetings. I am not a certified financial planner. I don't pretend to be, but I've sat in with certified financial planners in my mortgage career, not just reverse, but regular mortgages as well, and heard brilliant financial planners for decades now look at clients of all ages and say, look, we don't want to take your portfolio and put it all in one place. We don't want it all in the stock market. We don't want it all in high risk. We don't all want it all in low risk. Um, we've never talked about that, but that does resound to me. If we can get you $100,000 out of your house, should you put it all into anything? No. Right. My first knee-jerk reaction is no. Let's see what you need. I can't do that, but professionals like you guys can. And then decide what to do with it. Um, but also, you brought up something, Steve. The fact that we're trying to push this platform, and, um, and Bill and I have been trying to push it for, what, 70, 80 years now? I don't know. Um, and we don't <laughs> have suitability features. Why HUD? Why insurance commissioners? Why MetLife, Genworth? I could go, no, you can't do that. Why? Well, I don't think we can do that. Why? Maybe, and this is a separate show, I'm just saying this to you two, so the other 80,000 people don't listen to this part, just like we came up with the firewalls and safeguards that HUD never gave us, but now we have them, maybe we need to come up with suitability features. I mean, really and truly.
1: There are some suitability guidelines already on long-term care insurance. Yes. Um, If you're paying an annual pay-as-you-go premium, there's a guideline. It's not hard and fast. A consumer could still choose to do it if they exceed the guideline, but they have to sign a, a statement that says they understand this guideline, and that is... You generally should not spend more than 7% of your income on long term care insurance premiums. Now, again, there are circumstances where it could be a little bit more than that, but you start getting up to 10, 12, 15% of income on premiums.
0: That hurts. There better
1: be some pretty significant exceptions, and the agent and the buyer must sign off that they understand it may not be appropriate because it exceeds this threshold that's already in place the single premium the lump sum moving money from a cd or a money market or investment over here into one of these single pay lump sum products there's not quite the same guideline but there are some developing thoughts about how much what percentage mm-hmm. of your total portfolio or total net worth ought to be reallocated that way. So some of these things exist already in long-term care insurance and I think that's it just as a starting point. I think that's our second big kind of guideline. Mm-hmm. Yes, there could be exceptions, but our second guideline is And and I think we discussed this on, on one of those first shows as well, but I wanted to highlight it a little more here as we're talking more specifically about how these two products can work together. The use of a reverse mortgage to pay the premium in whatever type or form should only be used if the client, the applicant for the insurance, would have otherwise qualified from income or assets anyway. The reverse mortgage just helps them do it with more comfort, with more ease, with more flexibility in their total portfolio. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's just another outstanding kind of a a guardrail to begin to to think about uh, as we go along here. But again, there's plenty of people where they're just not comfortable making that commitment of dollars, even if they have it, Right. but does it free it up? How about this? Mm-hmm. And, Stephen, maybe this is uh, – you, you've probably got a story that goes uh, with this as well. But I imagine, as Michael was talking a moment ago, that somebody might be able to afford the premium, might choose to pay it out of cash flow or with assets that they have, but establishing a reverse mortgage, maybe a line of credit, just sort of backstops that decision in case things change in the future. I mean, that would be appropriate as well. The reverse mortgage isn't directly funding it, but it's helping them fund it.
2: Yeah, using using what is in most cases their largest asset to replenish funds that have been allocated to pay for the long-term care insurance policy. What what you're saying, Bill, makes so much sense, it almost doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These are these are common sense concepts that are just brilliant. I mean, I, I love I love that you should be able to qualify with your own income and assets. And the reverse mortgage is just that financial tool to help alleviate some of the pain. That makes a lot of right. sense. I think I think people still have that misconception about the reverse mortgage that well, but I, I don't want to touch the home because that home is going to my kids. And I want to leave this to my heirs. And that came up on, on my call that I was referencing today. And, and she said, well, I, I'm hesitant to touch the house because my plan, my whole life was to pay off my house and leave that house to my kids. And my response is always, I understand. I I, I want to respect that you want to leave a legacy to your kids. There's other ways to leave a legacy to your kids. And if you use a reverse mortgage, it's likely that if you couple that with doing the right things here, here, and here, you're actually going to wind up leaving more money to your kids because the home is a low growth potential asset. Your other investment portfolio, particularly over the past decade, past 12 years, I guarantee you, your investment portfolio has been accumulating more interest than the level of uh, equity equity growing in your house. Absolutely. And so it makes sense to use the home equity first and to couple that equity with limiting portfolio withdrawals to allowing your portfolio to continue to grow and compound interest. Then you have a larger pool of funds to pull from. Then it's what can you do with these funds? Can you fund a long-term care insurance policy? Can you make upgrades to the home Um, A reverse mortgage for purchase, probably not enough show to get into that. An incredible way to buy your next home using a reverse mortgage, buying a home that's more suitable for your long-term care needs. Maybe instead of retrofitting the home, instead of doing renovations, you buy a house that's already renovated, that's already suited to meet your long-term care needs. You can buy that house with a reverse mortgage loan and preserve a whole lot of extra cash flow. That can then be allocated towards other things insurance um just savings emergency funds savings for a rainy day uh, all of these different concepts but it takes somebody actually going through this educational process and, and discovering what's available to them and not being afraid that they're going to be sold a product or a service speaking to individuals that care that are passionate that aren't in this for the transaction that are in this for the long haul Mm -hmm. that want to make sure that they're doing the best thing for the client first and foremost. Um, And then of course, if it's the right fit, of course we want to do a reverse mortgage for you. Of course, Bill would love to sell you an insurance policy, but I think his reputation is more important than him than your transaction. My reputation is a lot more important than one transaction. And so reach out. If, if, if that's the takeaway from this show, Uh, If if folks reach out and just become educated, then I think we've done our job.
0: Yeah, there's there's no doubt. Um, Yeah. You had mentioned Bill. Do you want we have three little less than four minutes? Go ahead, Bill.
1: No, no. I I just I wanted to say, uh, Stephen, that's a great story. And And I want people to remember, and and this is just part of expanding your your mind and you look at things and don't let everything come down to a zero-sum decision. It's not just financial legacy that we leave our kids and grandkids. It's lifestyle. It's experience. It's engagement. It's relationship. I, I, I have met people who have worked so hard to leave their heirs X amount of money or Y piece of property, yet along the way they needed care and the relationships fell apart because everybody was fighting over what kind of care was best for mom or we can't afford it at home and she wants to stay at home and so on. And Stephen, you heard me say this in class. One of the things that we say all the time, and it's a phrase from our founder, Harley Gordon, an elder law attorney that buying long-term care insurance or having enough funds to pay for your care is a second gift of life to your kids. Yes. So that they don't have to, or so that they know there's professionals that help. And I think that that's maybe a more important legacy. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching a little bit here. Everyone gets to decide what's most important. But the legacy is both money, property, as well as these more subjective things, also. So,
0: well, you know, we we only have two minutes left, and you know, Stephen, we, uh, I haven't done a show, we haven't done a show strictly on reverse mortgages in probably five months. You know, I'm always cognizant of the fact as we build, a you know, audience. I don't want people going, well that's what Mike Banner does for a living. We yeah, you know, he's pushing reverse mortgages. We're not. Um but I think it's time. I think it's time for you to come back on the show and spend a certain amount of time talking about what truly happens when the first borrower dies, how the surviving spouse is protected, what happens when the last borrower dies. This is not the reverse mortgage of yesteryear. You know, how the uh the children and the heirs are protected, uh the options they have the time that they have to to make up their mind and we got to spend at least half the show on the purchase reverse mortgage uh, cuz yeah. can you imagine certified financial planners instead of saying to mom and dad to one of their clients you know you just made $500,000 you know on a house in New Jersey you're moving to Florida buy a house for 500,000 so you don't have to touch your portfolio instead Buy a house for five hundred thousand if you're both sixty five years old in today's interest rate environment, you only put up two fifty. Stephen Sless will give you the other two fifty. you'll have no payments and then give me back the two fifty. I'm your financial planner, and I'll turn that into a half a million before you're eighty and run out of money. We got to do I'll shows watch on that this show, just and,
1: do it. and I'd like some CE credits if I watch it too. You got it.
0: With thirty <laughs> seconds left, I've never said this on a show because I don't push. But we talked about this a little today. If you have any questions, please contact Bill. Contact Steve if you're an insurance professional or a financial professional, and you go. Wait a minute. I know the company I work with won't do this. Contact Bill. Contact Steve. Uh, We'll arrange for a reverse mortgage show, uh, Steve, you and I. Uh, Ten seconds left. Thank you guys so much for being on the show, for being part of the initiative. Uh, Stay healthy, stay safe, keep your masks on, and we'll see everybody in seven days at the next 62 who knew. Thank you.